2: Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Doris Freer. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. But we are just two little friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this is a mini episode where we hear from you, we share your comments and thoughts, and we answer your questions to the best of our ability. And we always ask that you please remember we are not
1: experts, we're just podcast hosts and we always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor and or a mental health professional as needed.
2: And if you want to reach us with those comments and thoughts and questions, our voicemail number is 781-591-0390 and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And before we get started, we just wanna say that we just launched a new show. It was that a you real listen
1: to. Yeah, it was a real spur of the moment decision, and we're yeah. really
2: we're really excited about it. Super excited! It's called Here for You. It's going to be a daily podcast. What <laughs> what are we getting ourselves into? Dory? What are we getting ourselves into? Who knows? Who knows? Um, it's going to be fun. <laughs> We need
1: fun right Uh, now.
2: We think it'll be about, you know, 20 minutes long each day. And we're going to just kind of check in with each other, check in with our listeners and uh, about how things are going in their lives in the age of coronavirus. And we're also going to recommend a thing to do or watch or listen to every day that we can all do together and hopefully just kind of take our minds off of things for a, a brief moment. Um so yes yeah, so it'll be going up every weekday morning. So please subscribe.
1: We're very excited to keep you company every morning.
2: Yes. Now. Back to now back to business. Back to Forever 35. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. So uh,
1: we prepped this mini episode a while ago, and then we put out a coronavirus episode last week. But so we're, we're taking it back to listener questions. Um, and we're starting with an email. And this is an email in response to a past mini episode. Um, and it was a perspective we haven't yet heard. So this listener writes... Love the pod. I'm a new listener, and I've really enjoyed making my way through the episode archives. I wanted to reach out to offer an added perspective to the caller in Mini Ep 93 who talked about killing diet culture by encouraging coworkers to enjoy foods like cookies at the office. As a person who has a chronic illness that is partially managed through diet, I have a complicated relationship with this type of conversation. On one hand, I think it can be a kind and empathetic gesture to encourage a friend or coworker who is talking about avoiding a treat for toxic diet culture reasons. On the other, I think we need to be careful not to assume that this is the reason a person is declining a food, unless that particular sentiment has been specifically expressed. I frequently have to turn down goodies at work because they don't fit within the doctor-prescribed diet I follow. I try to say no to the offering with a simple but warm thank you, but some folks really seem to feel it's a duty to to push me to enjoy myself. The thing is, I would love to take advantage of the free delicious donuts, but right now self-care means that I have to avoid foods that will make me very sick. I'm not always close enough or comfortable enough with the person to divulge that I have these serious health problems, so it leads to a lot of social discomfort for me. It can really hurt to have well-meaning people in my life say things like, come on, live a little, or you don't need to diet, when I actually do need this diet in order to live. I think this ties into a larger sense that I sometimes have that body positivity conversations can center around feeling good about your body while alienating those of us who are stuck in bodies that just don't plain feel good. I don't know how best to navigate such a complicated topic with the nuance it deserves, but I do think it's important to make space in the body positive conversation for those of us with disabled and sick bodies. Some of us will never be quote healthy at any size because we don't have the privilege of health. I'm very interested in ways that the conversation around loving our bodies can be expanded to include the substantial portion of the population that struggles with the impact of chronic health problems on body image, including those of us who have no choice in our food limitations. I love this
2: perspective.
1: Me too. I, I, it reminded me, I just always feel this immense sense of gratitude uh, for our listeners weighing in because you offer so many perspectives that we have not come to yet that I, I, so, I so appreciate, yeah, you just noting these things and bringing us, bringing us these point of views into the conversation. So thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and yes, I think it's really you bring up a really interesting point, and quite frankly, it's one that I like rightfully deserve to be called out on not thinking of. I, I had mm-hmm. not thought about somebody who might be on a certain diet because of health needs.
2: Totally, totally, I agree. So,
1: and you know, I think I think the job falls on those of us who are not um, in your shoes to bring that bring that up, right? Like it, it ideally in a perfect world, it doesn't fall on you or someone in the same position, listener, to have to have these conversations. The rest of us need to be stepping up to do them. So, I thought this yeah. was really interesting. Thank you for yeah, bringing that to our attention.
2: Same. Thank you, listener. Um, I'll take this next one. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Kate and Dory, I'm listening to this week's mini episode and your response to the listener question, what to read now that I've finished all the Maisie Dobbs books. I have to add to your list Dorothy L. Sayers's Lord Peter Wimsey Mysteries, in particular the Harriet Vane arc, Strong Poison, Have His Carcass, Gaudy Night, and Busman's Honeymoon. They're written and set in England between the World Wars, and Harriet Vane has to be one of the main inspirations for Maisie. I'm trying to think how else to describe them and come back to delightful, sparkling, charming, and very clever. Their puzzle mysteries spliced with gentle social satire and in the Harriet books, romance with wholly winning main characters. Well, I love this suggestion. I am going to read these because they sound right up my alley. Um, and yeah, great.
1: Wait, it looks like a brief Google has showed me that these, there's also like a movie or maybe a, a TV show. Of lord peter
2: you know i i have read i read the first lord peter whimsy um book it's called it's, whose body yes that's right i see that here on google yeah i've read this um it's good i'm trying to remember why i like didn't get as into them as i should have <laughs> um yeah i i don't remember
1: i have to be honest I, I am too because it appears that the character wears a monocle.
2: I know what is wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> you love a monocle. I love a monocle. God, Dory! You um, know, top
1: ten <laughs> things that Dory loves is a list. I wish BuzzFeed <laughs> would write. <laughs> you love a monocle. You love a day. You love. Yep.
2: Yep.
1: You love a. You love a duck.
2: I do. I mean, a mystery know, about a duck. Yes. Well, you know, I have my um, LED candles lit on my desk right now.
1: Oh, you're having like a rom- kind of a romantic, soothing recording it's a session? Real,
2: it's a real mood, as the kids say. <laughs>
1: Those Generation Zs. Those
2: kids. Um <sighs> yeah anyway listener thank you for the, the suggestion I should totally go back and read more of these and I was not even aware that the Harriet Vane arc existed so thank you for pointing that out and I will find her books listening,
1: listening to you talk about this stuff it's like there's another world going on that I don't know the Harriet <laughs> Vane like it's I t- truly understand none of it <laughs> It's like listening to a to a scientist talk, where I'm just like, mm-hmm, "Yep, sure." I mean, it's great. This I is love that kind it exists. Of how
2: I, this is kind of how I feel when you talk about romance. Although I have <sighs> read, I have read a few, as you know, I've read a few romance books.
1: Well, I will tell you, I just placed a, um, you know, I'm self, we're self quarantined, so I placed an order at the Ripped Bodice, and I just received my books today in the mail. Oh, I'm so fun. excited to do some sexy reading. All right. Okay, moving on. We have a a kind of a longer email from a listener, uh, but I love it. I want to just share it. It's got some great tips for getting stuff done. Great. All right. All right. They, They are also catching up on old episodes. So this listener says, there have been several discussions about organization and taking care of piles and how to live with all our stuff and tasks. This is what works for me. Then they wrote it in color. Do it now. As someone who can be prone to procrastination, I have adopted this simple mantra, and while I don't always obey this voice in my head, when I do, I get so much done. If I look at something in the house that doesn't belong there or that is to be dealt with, the dishes to be put away, shoes to be put in the closet, mail to open, laundry to fold, or really anything that would be flagged as outstanding, I just tell myself to do it now. The sense of completion and general tidiness that comes with this calms my brain. When my space is tidy, so is my mind. Going upstairs, take something with you. When you're upstairs, anything that needs to go downstairs, take it with you. I also find it helpful to set schedules for things I don't love doing. 4 p.m., I walk the dogs. Fridays, I do laundry and house clean. Tuesdays, I call my grandma. Parentheses, I swear I'm not a monster who doesn't want to call her grandma. I just sometimes find it a chore, but something I'm happy to have done in the end. The first of the month, I clean my car and change my razor. Some other tips that everyone recommends but that, that really work. Everything has to have a place. When people open the mail, then leave the envelopes lying around. What? Put it in the recycling. Have an inbox. I have an internal one and an external one, essentially an outbox. But mostly, you know, just do it now. Then it's done. Then this listener writes, also my friend Katie and I have a weekly call on Mondays and set our intentions to keep each other accountable during the week. We put them in a shared wonder list and it's fun to see what we've aimed to do over the months. This past week was as simple as washing my face and brushing my teeth each night instead of being lazy. Baby steps.
2: You know, one of our most organized friends or one of our mutual friends, Kate, um, I once asked her for some organizational tips. And this was essentially what she told me.
1: Just do it.
2: Just do it. Like you Ugh. just do it. This is, know. this is the hardest thing
1: for me to do. I, I leave yeah. things for months. Months.
2: I know. I know. You know, I did a big house cleaning today. And I was trying to just like do this, you know, even though I didn't really feel like it. And like, no one's coming over these days. So, but I it did feel like, okay, I just need to do this to not like descend into utter filth. <laughs> um, But you know what I love about this, especially now in our age of coronavirus, it's this, it's like setting schedules for things, I think is really important. It's interesting. I've read a lot of
1: think pieces about like, you know, at first everyone was setting schedules this week and then all their think pieces came out that were like, don't set a schedule like that's just putting yourself into stress. And I was like, well, you know, it's whatever works for the individual, right? Like
2: it's, yeah, but like, I also feel like this isn't like a schedule schedule. It's just like, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Almost every day this week at around like anywhere between like four and four I've gone for a walk with Henry. Like, do I have to do that? No. But it's something I look forward to. And it's like a nice way to break up the day. And it's something that I know I'm going to do. You know what I mean? In the same way that like Henry goes to bed at 630. Well, I
1: also think giving yourself a task or like a sense of obligation to something Makes you do it more, right?
2: Yes, yes. Agreed. It's kind
1: of it's kind of like when we've talked to people who give themselves stickers for doing stuff. Actually, yeah. Leah Koch was saying this that she gives herself a sticker for washing her face. It's like that. It's it's like you're playing a trick with your mind, but
2: it works totally, totally, totally. So do I like it this now. Long. I liked do it, it too. Now.
1: I really thought this was a fun smart suggestion. Although I love the specificity of like, I changed my razor on the first of the month. I was like, I oh my gosh. Well, uh, what have I, I, I haven't know. even used a razor in months. <laughs> All right. So we have a voicemail.
0: Hi, Kate and Dory. I was listening to today's episode where Kate was talking about the new Tarte mask and wondering whether you're glowing or it's just in your head. And it reminded me of a revelation I had recently. I bought a lash serum, and I was going to, you know, re- I really wanted to know if I was going to get results from it or not, and I was struggling to take before-picture selfies with my eyes closed but still focused on my eyelashes, and I was fiddling all these takes with my phone, and suddenly it occurred to me, I have two eyes. I can just use the serum on one and compare it down the road so this this is my trend that I want to start among our group. Let's all put whatever new product we have on just half of the thing that it's supposed to go on and take it from there. Let's get more uh scientific with our our product trialing um That's my suggestion let's let's make it catch on. Thanks you guys
2: uh great idea. Dory, <laughs> I love this so much. I mean, yes, <laughs> let's all be our own guinea pigs. But I just love that like half of your
1: face is going to be like the product testing side and then the other half is not. So like who knows what's going to happen to the testing side.
2: It's going to be so great. But I think this,
1: you make a good point. I mean, you are supposed to do a skin test for products. yeah. So look, why not do it this way, listener? I like what you're thinking.
2: I do too. Thank you for the suggestion.
1: All right. We're going to take a quick
2: break.
1: Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, one thing I think is really kind of interesting about skin, my skin, but all skin, is that like, What it needs now in my 40s is not what I needed in my 30s. Totally. Definitely not what I needed in my 20s.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But
1: like, how are you supposed to know what your skin needs? It's
2: hard. It's hard to know.
1: Especially when there's just like so many products out there. The overwhelm is real. It's a struggle to even know how to get the results you want, what products to start with. This is why we're super excited to partner with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed medications that are clinically proven to help. I have used Apostrophe. I love it. They will pair you with a board-certified dermatologist who literally creates a personalized treatment plan for your skin. I have done this a few times now. It is so easy to do their online consultation. You upload photos. And, like within a few weeks, I had done a consultation and received my treatment plan and my
2: product. Amazing.
1: And that is how I became a Tretinoin gal. I love the Tretinoin that they sent me, I love their sunscreen. Both products have been amazing on my skin. And you, Forever 35 listeners, can get a special deal from Apostrophe. You can get your first visit for only $5. That's at apostrophe.com slash forever35 when you use our code forever35. Now, that is a savings of $15. I like that. This code is only available to Forever 35 listeners. So to get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash forever35 and click get started. And then use our code forever35 at sign up and you will get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode.
2: And we are back. All right. We have another voicemail. Yes, we are going
1: to follow up on a conversation that started on a past many episode um, about a listener who was white lying and feeling very frustrated about that um, and kind of called in to ask about why they might not be why, why they might be doing it. Um, And so we had a ton of people weigh in, and here is a voicemail about that.
3: Hi,, uh, this is a listener responding to uh, the email from the listener today who was frustrated with themselves about uh, their white lie habit at work. Um, I would encourage that listener to really take it easy on themselves because our in just bananas corporate culture, basically forces our hand to come up with these little white lies because there are many corporate environments and perhaps even non-corporate environments that explicitly or implicitly tell us as employees that we are not to take time off of work or we're not to use our hours or our PTO. Um, and perhaps that listener is up against the same battles that I find myself. Uh, if that listener particularly? identifies as a woman, they likely are up against even that more so. Uh, Perhaps if they're a parent, they find themselves in the same situation. I am regularly having to uh, make up tiny excuses to be able to take care of my life. It's it's time that I've earned by working long hours at my company on top of, um, you know, being a a fully engaged employee when I'm there. So, please take it easy on yourself. I think um, we are Often encouraged in a really unhealthy way that um, we're not meant to enjoy our non-work lives. Long live the five o'clock to nine o'clock time because that's what our nine to five is for. So I wish that listener lots of love and um, and good wishes. Bye bye.
1: That's a good suggestion. What a, like a lovely a- yeah. That suggestion, but like a good observation, yes. right? I, yes. hadn't, I hadn't thought about it from this point of view.
2: Yeah. Like the capitalist system forces us to white lie. <laughs> I mean, kind of, Yeah, I definitely think that is true. Yeah, totally. I, mean, also, I also like heard- another, another listener coming through with a perspective that we hadn't thought about.
1: Definitely had not thought about that, but it felt very validating. Yeah. Um, here is an email we received. Hi Kate and Dore. Always, always love when people give <laughs> me high my quick. full <laughs> name. Yeah, it's never uh, Hi Cat and Dory. It's always Kate hmm, and Dore. Interesting. I'm not against it. I just am saying. <laughs> I was listening to the White Lies mini episode, and Kate's reflection on her twenty-three-year-old self making up a story to help her leave her job with a toxic boss caught my attention, and I wanted to offer a slight. While well, inventing a sick relative is a problematic white lie for sure. Yes. A person young in her career may not be in a realistic position to speak truth to power upon exiting. Young Kate's next job has a strong chance of contacting her old job to ask questions. And it is a little tricky to explain a contentious exit to a potentially new employer at the interview stage. May there be exceptionally strong young people for whom this would not be daunting. So, a person with a relatively short professional record might benefit from the more neutral white lie phrases like, moving on to a better fit, or something bland but not inflammatory, which reminds me that white lies, while perhaps terrible, parentheses, question mark, can also function to set up a graceful exit from a tricky situation.
2: Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. And- Again, like a good perspective. I like this something bland, but non-inflammatory.
1: Yes, and I, I, I appreciate. (laughs) I I guess I did invent a sick relative. I mean, it was it was a truthful white lie. My grandmother was not great. Um,
2: I mean, but yeah, I I do think. If I recall correctly, I think, I think I came down on the side of like sometimes it's okay to white lie. Yeah, I think you did, and I think um, that's kind of where I've landed. Like, especially in the workplace. And look, as a former manager, I guess I just kind of accepted mm. that probably fifty percent of the time people were white lying, <laughs> and you about just about everything, no, or about but about like especially leaving. about being out or being late. I just was like, yeah, like, and you know what? I was just like, okay, like I am not gonna sit here and try to figure out if someone is lying or not and i also didn't want to be like everyone is always lying but i was like sometimes people are lying sometimes they're not i probably can't tell the difference so i'm like not going to make a big deal about this you know what i mean yeah yeah Hmm. and ultimately did it did it impact you negatively exactly i think it only becomes a problem when someone is like let's say like chronically late every day and there's some like I guess this 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 now veers into like actual lying, not even white lying, but it's like every day there's some elaborate excuse about like why they're late. Um, But yeah. If someone's like, I'm really sick and they're actually hungover, Does that matter to me? Not really. No, if it happens, you know what I mean? If it happens once, fine. If it starts happening every day, then I'm like, hmm, (laughs) this is weird. So yeah, just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I, I like
1: the perspective of a manager too, Dory, because well, we don't often talk you. about the fact that you you were in that position for quite a while. I was. That's yeah,
2: true. Manager Dory. Manager Dory. <laughs> um, okay, let's hear another voicemail.
4: Hey, Kate and Dory. I had to stop the pod and call in to respond to the listener who wrote in about her struggles with white lies. This is something that I've also struggled with um, my entire life, so I can definitely empathize with her. But after a long time of trying to figure out why this was such an issue for me and why it was such a bad habit to break um, and a lot of therapy, I came to the realization that the reason um, this is such a bad habit is because it's not really a habit, it's more like an addiction. Um, similarly to your listener, I had problems in my childhood that sort of stemmed me to make these lies. And whenever I would lie um, and get out of a bad situation, it would trigger a dopamine response in my brain, which would make me want to do it again and again and again. Um, So it just forms this, this pathway in your brain that becomes really, really hard to break even as you become an adult and realize what a bad habit it is. So that's why it's hard for her to, you know, just stop out of the blue. It's not like you know, trying to stop chewing your fingernails or, I don't know, putting the cap on the toothpaste or something. It's a little bit bigger than that. So just don't be so hard on yourself whenever you reach the end of the day and you didn't do as well as you hoped you had, um, hoped you would, at least. Um, It's a little bit harder. So you're doing a great job and just making the commitment to try to be better every single day, and even if you fail, you're still doing a great job. Um, Something that's helped me that I wanted to share I wear a bracelet, like a big sort of different looking bracelet on my wrist. And it helps serve as a visual cue for me to, um, hear and speak the truth throughout the day. Just having it there helps me, like whenever I get in a situation where I feel like I'll be tempted to lie, um, seeing it, feeling it against my wrist. Um, sometimes I even sort of hold it between my fingers. It just helps to have a physical reminder, um, to To try to stick to my goal, which is to always speak the truth. So I don't know if that'd be an option for her or not, but it has helped me. So anyway, you're not alone and you're doing a great job. Uh King Dory, thank you so much for the podcast. It's a bright spot in my week and keep up the great work. Yeah, you know? I like
1: the suggestion. and This feels like this listener is very self-reflective, right? Yeah. Like, They've reached an understanding on what they're doing and are are taking steps to make changes in their life. And that's really hard.
2: Yeah, really hard. Let's take another break. We'll be right back. Okay.
1: You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid forties, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad; they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness. Story. Mm.
2: Okay, which is okay. I know a
1: bull on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, Oneskin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness.
4: Okay.
2: All right. I'll take this one. All right. This is one. Take this one, Dory. Okay. I'm one of the pause the pod listeners that wanted to ask a question that is sort of similar, but very different to the listener who wrote in about dealing with infertility during welcoming their upcoming niece or nephew. I'm 33 and single and my younger brother and his wife have just told our immediate family they are expecting their first baby. I'm so incredibly excited to be an aunt, but the last year has been the worst of my life, and I'm still slowly picking up the pieces. This brother got married just over a year ago, and three weeks later, our youngest brother died in a car wreck at 19 on March 13, 2019. Our whole family has been completely destroyed, and we are all still very deep in grief, but are all welcoming this baby as a gift from God and my brother." Here's my question. As a single person, am I wrong to feel alone during all the life milestones of marriage and a baby my brother is going through? My emotions are all over the place as I deal with everything that is going on in my life currently. I keep coming back to the fact that I've celebrated a sibling's wedding and mourning a death of my other sibling and will welcome a niece or nephew without someone by my side. I have a supportive family, but I find myself incredibly sad and lonely a lot, and all of these changes are amplifying it. I wonder if there is something. This is something either of you or a listener have gone through. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is this is so hard. I'm so sorry about your brother. Ugh,
1: oh, I am too. I am so sorry. This is so so hard. It's so hard. I, I th- one of the strangest. Things about life I, and that, I mean, look, this is a pretty obvious observation that I'm making here, but I, I still I find it amazing and strange is that you can be grieving and celebrating at the exact same time. And yes. it's such a strange feeling.
2: Yes. And you're allowed to feel how you feel. Yes,
1: I, I think these are, these are complex emotions and it's not one or the other. They yep. can, they can coexist and your feelings are totally valid and, and, yep. um, nothing to be ashamed of. And they're totally normal.
2: Totally normal.
1: <sighs>
2: hang in there.
1: They ask, am I wrong to feel alone during all the life milestones of marriage and a baby my brother is going through? Gosh, No.
2: No, and I was like, this is not a right or wrong. No, and I was also going to say, like, you should feel free to remove yourself from events and situations that you don't want to be a part of. If it's too much for you to like go to a baby shower, that's fine. You don't have to go. Yeah. I give you permission. I agree. (laughs) I give you permission to not go. Like you've been through a lot and this is really hard. So Dory says it's okay. I say it's okay.
1: We have one more voicemail to share that is, um, we've received this all, uh, a few weeks ago, um, but it, and it now is applicable to what we're going through. So we wanted to play it.
5: Hi, Dory and Kate. Um, thank you so much for this podcast. And um, I want to say this podcast has gotten me through so many moments over the last two years. And I am currently... Struggling with being home with my three children whose school was closed for coronavirus. We were one of the first, we were the first school in the nation closed. And the uncertainty has been so scary and so tough. And I know that there's so many people who listen and who are, you know, experiencing all of the same uncertainties as me right now. And I'm curious. How how we're going to take care of our mental health, how we're going to try to um, maintain some normalcy in our own life, and especially if we're trying to care for other family members, like, do you have any recommendations for, yeah, I guess just taking care of ourselves during this epidemic? And I know um, this hasn't been really discussed yet and that we're just at the very beginning in this country. But I know that there's lots of international listeners, and I'm curious if there's other people already who are listening who have been home and have suggestions for how we can maintain our mental health in the face of just, like, really scary uncertainty. And I would love to hear from you and um, anyone else who has recommendations. Anyway, thank you so much for all that you do and um i hope that everyone stays healthy stays home if they're sick and washes their hands probably every 30 minutes to keep our country safe thank you
1: oh sweet listener I you've know. been dealing with this longer than we have so yeah i mean you're a freaking hero
2: i i actually think that our episode that came out last Monday, had a lot of really good resources. Um, Dr. K had some great suggestions for handling your anxiety, and I thought it was really helpful to hear from the two listeners from Italy just how they've been dealing with quarantine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say, you know, I've only been self-quarantined with my family for like five or six days now. I certainly don't think I can speak from experience, but what I have felt is that it's a, every day is so different. There are some highs and there are lots of really deep lows. Yesterday I was felt like I was in a really bad place and I just like crawled into the bath at the end of the day and kind of just let go a bit because I just it felt felt very hopeless. So I think the emotional roller coaster is normal and I do think having kind of what we were talking about earlier, having small routines that you can give yourself just to kind of n- normalize the day and and create a small structure might feel comforting if that's something that appeals to you.
2: Yeah. And I would also say like cut yourself a lot of slack. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just in terms of like what you get done in a day and how you're feeling and just let yourself feel things and don't beat yourself up about not doing all the things that you kind of thought you were going to do in a day yeah that's been a big thing for me like all i feel like there have been a lot of people being like i'm going to like finish my novel and like (laughs) clean the house five times and reorganize my closet and you know just like doing all these things and it's just that's unrealistic for so many people for many reasons but like We're going through this unprecedented in modern times global pandemic and it's really fucking stressful and it's okay if you're not quote unquote productive. It's fine. It's totally fine. Let me just get off my soapbox. Okay. (laughs) I'm off. (laughs) Thank you. Get on it. (laughs) No,
1: you know what? I can't even read right now. I have tried to pick yes. up a book and read. I've tried different books. I've tried nonfiction. I've tried, I cannot read. I'm so nauseous and overwhelmed and terrified and anxious. I can't read. So like every, you know, it's not like I'm going to use this time to read the great classics of the world. I can't, I can't do it. So totally. I think we're all in a, we're all in states of crisis and A lot. It's gonna be hard to function quote unquote function like we normally do. So I like your suggestion of giving yourself a break, Dory.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Uh, Well, this brings us to the end of our show. Thank you all for listening. We're we're always grateful for you all, but I feel like we're especially grateful for you now. So thank you for listening.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a very strange and lonely experience and the knowing there's a forever forever thirty five community out there is very comforting to us. So hopefully it is to you as well, Dory. I miss you. I miss you too. Super <sighs> weird not seeing you. Super 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 weird. I mean, what if like you come back to this? We haven't seen each other in months, and you're like blonde.
2: I mean, anything could happen. Like what if really? things, <laughs> Like what if? <laughs> Let's be honest. Truly, anything what if could I happen? become?
1: goth during this time and i come back to podcast and i'm in like black eyeliner and big boots i'd
2: be like kate i just want you to speak your truth you and know, if your truth my truth is being goth goth speed <laughs> <laughs> okay you and your puns okay on that note dory all righty bye everyone bye everybody